Good morning, church family. It's awesome to be here with you. Uh, pastor Luke, in case you don't know, he's our head pastor for the visitors that are here. He is on sabbatical, and uh, I've had a lot of questions, uh, even this morning. Somebody asked me, what does sabbatical even mean? And I'm like, oh, it's nothing, no big deal. No. <laughs> it comes from the Sabbath, right? The day of rest. And so it literally is for a pastor to get away. And there's different types. There's educational. There's rest. Uh, some churches put a lot of, uh, we want you to go do this many hours of schooling and this. And uh, so our church just told Pastor Luke and Molly to just get away and rest in the Lord. What they're going to do is between them and the Lord and rest up. And so uh, some, somebody mentioned to me, uh, they're actually, I could count on two hands how many have mentioned, but I'm not going to look directly at you. Uh, no, how many of you wish you had a sabbatical at your job? You're like, yeah, man, sign me up. I know, I do too. No, uh, <laughs> what really it is, is um, and I want to say this, and knowing full well that I have the same, that the weight of one soul going to hell on what you say from right here, it's enough. And a pastor needs to rest and make sure he's yoked up with Jesus. So you might not have one at your job. You're the witness by what you do. Up here, God requires the blood of individuals by that pastor. You see, that there's a double judgment for anybody standing here, any teacher. So it's serious, right? You step out from underneath that yoke with Jesus, and there is the whole world ready to crush you. So pray for him. Pray for Luke. Pray for Molly. Uh, in fact, every day on my calendar, uh, I got a Google calendar that they'll probably shut off the live feed now because I said Google. Uh, but on my, every morning, it says day something of 90 for the sabbatical. You know, we're on day six, okay, in case you're counting. Just letting you know, all right? Next week, I'll let you know what we are, okay. So uh, there is going to be a pulpit supply, and uh, I'm not going to be the only one preaching, which uh, is good. Austin will be up here. I'm not going to tell you who's coming, though. Stay tuned. Show up. All right. Are you guys ready? I know you're nervous. So if you're a guest with us, just know you have to come back in 90 days and make sure Pastor Luke gets to preach to you too. All right. So let's stand as we turn to Mark chapter 6. You're going to need a Bible. It, it, there's one in the chair if you don't have one. Page 1001. Mark starting in verse 30. Mark 6, verse 30. Jesus feeds the 5,000. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Sound like a Sabbath. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away to a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. 
When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces of the fish, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for you. You are our rest. You, Lord, help us to all run to you. Help us to lean into you. Help us to know that we can find ourselves in this passage. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our situation. And may it all be transformed for your glory. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, so the feeding of the 5,000 is uh, very unique in the fact that it is actually in all four Gospels. It, besides the crucifixion, it's the only thing in all four Gospels that they all talk about. And they all talk about it from a different angle or perspective, and you can see in your bulletin or your version app that there's other, I wrote down, or you have the scriptures, so you can go look at them. And uh, so check that out on your own time. We're going to just stick with Mark, and I'm going to try and blend them together for you. And what's awesome is the different perspectives, I find myself in them. And in that, uh, I hope you will find yourself. Now, before we kick off, we're going to go right back down to chapter 6, verse 30. That's why you want your pew Bible, or I call it a pew, but it's a chair Bible. Just, you can smell your Bible, just don't smell the pew. I love the smell of a Bible, I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, the last words that pastor told me before he left was, just be you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. All right, we're starting over. Okay. So... Right here, verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. So I want you to know the backdrop before we get to here is that Jesus just sent out his disciples two by two, okay? He said, he said to them, it's back in verse 8 of chapter 6, that's why you need your Bible, go with me. He's charged them, take nothing for your journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money, nothing. 
take nothing, take the stick, and I'm going to send you out. And they're, I mean, they're casting out demons, they're healing the sick, I mean, they're healing the lame, they're out doing miracles just like he told them to do. And so they're all pumped, and they're like, yeah. So they all gather back, and in verse 30 it says, they're all telling Jesus, hey, this is what we were doing, and he's like, I mean, he's God, so he's like, yeah. He knows. Did you get that? The jokes aren't getting any better, folks. Okay? Here, I'll change it. Okay. He knows what they're doing because he told them to do it. Now, he told them not to take anything. It's super important. They have a, they have a stick. And they're telling him, and now look, in verse 31 it says, after they had done all this, he says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Now, Jesus is telling them, after all of this energy, all this you've done, all of this, come on away. We're going to go on a retreat. We're going to rest. We're going to, we're going to go on a Sabbath, <laughs> sabbatical Sabbath. For many were coming and going. Look at the end of verse 31. They had no leisure even to eat. You hear that? So they're coming back to Jesus, and they're so pumped about doing ministry, they haven't even eaten anything for themselves at all. And they're just telling him, hey, we did this, we did that. And he's like, yep, let's go, let's rest. They get into the boat. The lake of Galilee, or the Sea of Galilee, is so small. So they're in the boat. All the crowd is just watching them. There they are. They recognize them, and they run, and they beat them to where they're going. Right? What kind of retreat was this? Is what I'd be thinking. We didn't even. They get out and there's just massive amounts of people. If you're a disciple in the boat, you're exhausted. You just gave it all you got. You haven't even eaten. You're hangry. And you get out and now more people want. Some of you know, yeah. Hangry means you're so hungry, you're angry. And now you all are poking the one that gets that way? Yeah. <laughs> My sister got me a shirt that said, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. <laughs> so it's true. But think about these disciples. They, they get across there. They're ready to retreat. Jesus just told us we're going to go get away. We're going to rest. Woo, we need it. And they get out and they're like, oh, all of these people. And Jesus gets out of the boat. He sees them. He has compassion on them. They're, they're sheep without a shepherd. And he begins to teach them. And he begins to preach to them. And now if you picture, this is how I picture it. One of the, the disciples just got to be murmuring amongst, somebody go tell them we haven't even eaten yet. I need, yeah, I am shaking. I'm so hungry. I'm going to scream at somebody. Somebody go tell them. And so they do. The scripture says, they tell Jesus, hey, um, you should send these folks away. I mean, they need to get some food, right? How many of you know that's kind of self-serving? Yeah, we always have the best advice for someone. Okay, moving forward. What's awesome is they think they're going to a retreat. Nope. It's late it's a desolate place. The hour's late. They're hungry. They ask him to send them away. And if you, if you mix all the Gospels together, Philip 
comes up to Jesus and says, hey, let's send them away. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And Philip goes, I could work 200 days for 200 denarii, because one is worth one day's work. So I could work 200 days and go buy bread and then pass it around and they could all have a bite. That's basically what he's saying. And then Jesus, in the Gospel of John, says, where could we go to buy food for all of them? Right? So it doesn't say it here, but John, it's like he comes walking up to hear Jesus say, where are we going to buy food for all of them? And it's, it's kind of like in my version, it's like, what bakery is open at this time, Philip, that you think you can work 200 days and go get it? Right? I mean, who's just got piles of bread? Well, besides my mom. Uh, who's got piles of bread with them? That's a side note, okay? I gave her two loaves of bread for Mother's Day today. Okay, anyway. All right. They'll move that out of the video. All right. Now, Jesus is saying right away, you give them something to eat. And as a disciple, this is my first thought. You just told me when you sent me out to take nothing, dude. I got a stick. What am I going to give to them? You told me not to take any bread. Now you're telling me to give them bread? Do you get, is anybody else, would you be frustrated? And what's cool is John says, Jesus just told him that because he knew what he was going to do. But he was proving them. Proving is another great way to just say he was testing them. What are you going to do? Give them something to eat. We got nothing. You just told us to take nothing. I'm hungry. Let's just get out of here. Send them away. You could just, I can hear it. I don't know. Here's what he does. Verse 38. He said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Understand something right here. Jesus tells them, like, go check the crowd and see who has anything. They have nothing. So they're out, and they're checking, and in John, again, when we're meshing them together, it says that Andrew comes up with a little boy, and it says, this little boy has a sack lunch, and he's got five loaves and two fish. Now, let me tell you, it says barley, which I don't know if you know this, is really a poor bread. I don't know, has anybody had Ezekiel bread? Yeah. All right, Tim Hawkins does a bit. You could sand a table with Ezekiel bread, all right? Like, oh, this is bread? You're supposed to eat this? Yeah, okay. So barley is like a poor meal, probably like crackers. And then you have fish. Understand this is not fresh got to be either pickled fish, just, yeah, I'll take the barley, you know, it's like, it might be sun-dried fish, you just put it out, put a little salt on it, you got, that'll last, it's like fish jerky, so, I mean, think about this, he brings up a little boy, and he says, okay, here's a kid, he's got a sack lunch, five loaves, two fish, and he says, but what is that among so many? You got, I mean, isn't that logical? We're all in reason. I mean, first, you've got the one guy. He's like, oh, the need is too good. Then you got the other guy, and he's just, 
oh, but what is our resources among so many? And then no one in, in John, and I, I like thinking about this, there's a little boy standing there. And everybody's running around. You got any food? You got anything? You got anything? And you know what the little boy does? Oh, Jesus has needs? He gave him all he had. Jesus takes what he's got, and he says, tell everybody to sit down. Because this young man's all is enough. Now, I don't know if you know this. I'm going to find myself in this story. I pray that you will find yourself. I mean, there's a lesson. There's three ways we get to apply it to us. I hope that you can find it in one way, shape, or form. Are you ready to do that? Okay, one person said yes. I'm from Alito. So this is yes and this is no. Give me at least a rattle. All right. Would you like to find yourself in the story? Oh, there's even verbals. I like that. Okay. See, this is when we start to communicate. Like pastor will say, now I can move on, right? You didn't say yes. Oh, oh somebody, your roast is going to burn in the oven today. All right? There will not be a rush at the taco house. Okay. We're going to stay here all day. All right. Three categories. Are you ready? Now I'm berating you, and now you're mad at me. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, there we went. Okay. You guys need to calm down, though, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Be myself. I don't know if that's going to... All right. In this story, the first thing, I can fall into this trap just like the disciples. Look at the great need. Look at it. Look, I mean, look at it. You can look at it as a worldly perspective. You can just look outside of this church and say, look at the great need of people that are so, it's so overwhelming. What are we going to do? There's way too many, there's too many needs. And we're overwhelmed. I could exhaust myself for years preaching the gospel, but what good would that do? You see, we look at situations like mountains that we cannot climb. And when they looked at the great need, it was too huge. And I don't know about you, we could look at the world, but what I really want to do, I want to find me. When, how many times have my own heart, my own mind said, look, Lord, there's too much. There's a mountain in the way. I can't climb it. My own personal addictions in my life. Lord, I want to give you my life, but there is too much. I cannot be clean and sober. Too high of a mountain. I have too many needs in my own heart. I'm broken. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I've been a cutter. Lord, I am too much. And we despair. Church, this should not be about us. We have a Savior. We have Jesus. And we keep looking at the need, but we're not looking at the Savior. The most beautiful thing is when you yoke up with Jesus, He said, come to Him, all of you who are heavy burdened, broken, 
despaired. He will give us rest when we yoke up. The hardest and worst thing I've ever done is stepped outside of that yoke. And the whole world will crush us when we step outside of it. I don't know, this might be news to some of you. This world hates you. And it's not just because I read your emails. Okay? The Bible says that because you love Jesus Christ, this world hates you. Can you bear up under that? Not on my own. I have to be so yoked up with Jesus that he's carrying the load and he's, sometimes he's just dragging me and I'm just hanging onto a yoke. And I say that and I know the young people in junior high, they, had, they thought I was talking about eggs. It's a harness you put on cattle so they would both pull the same amount. Equally yoked. They would both pull. Do you know that I get a hook up with Jesus? Do you think him and I can pull the same amount? We've gone through this. Raise your hand if you think Jesus and I can pull the same amount. Oh, now you're not going to answer because you're like, trick question. You know, when I yoke up with Jesus, you know who Jesus yokes up with? The Holy Spirit in me. Seth Bowker just has to yield and get out of the way. He yokes up and he is pulling together. God is trying to shape Jesus into me and mold me more and more into the image of his son, but I'm not going to do that if I step outside of the yoke. And then I look at that great need. Sheep without a shepherd. Some of you have seen the great need in your own life of a diagnosis. <laughs> the, the need of your relationship. A broken heart. Mountain that you don't think you can climb. But I can tell you when you yoke up with Jesus, he can say, tell that mountain to get into the sea. Because you're yoked up with God. What can God do? What's impossible with God? What can God do? What do you lack? See how it gets? John 15, 5 says, Without him, I can do nothing. Nothing. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. But it says in Philippians 4, 19, through him, I can do all things. Through Christ, I can do all things. So I can hook up with him, and he can supply the great need, right? Okay. Some of you said yes, so I'm going to move on. Number two in finding yourself, uh, Andrew gets to go find this little boy, and he looks at the five barley crackers of sandpaper and the fish chips and he says okay we have somebody here almost discredit right like somebody is going to give their sack lunch that mom packed them uh, but what is that among so many do you look at your resources <laughs> to even in my brain I want to tell you this is, this is looking at what we lack. 
and I want to tell you, I live here. I struggle here. I mean, what, what do I have to give you guys today that you can eat on spiritually? And here's the answer. Zero. I don't even have a biscuit in my pocket. Spiritually speaking, I've got nothing to offer you. But when I'm yoked up with Jesus, he can feed anybody around that comes near you. And this is what we should be doing, church. Spiritually refreshing, giving cups of cold water, spiritual drink to people around us. But we look at our resource and we're like, "Ah, I just don't have what it takes. Do you know when I doubt me, you know who I'm doubting? The one I'm yoked to. I start to doubt what what can he do through me. And what was the answer, Philippians? All right, two of us are on the board. We could fall into these first two traps. The third one, and I've already said it. Jesus tells them to go out and find, take up an offering, find out what we have. They bring the little boy this is the category I want to be in. There's a young man. Young people, listen up. The young person gave God everything. Then what lack was there? You can answer. The one person gave everything. What did God do? All right, you guys are now preaching for me, so I'm going to sit back. No. (laughs) That's funny to me. Matthew 6.33 says it this way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all these things unto you. What does he add unto us? If you read before 33, it'll say food, clothing, and shelter. Everybody's out looking for it. And God says, don't worry about all those things. Just give me all you got. Give me everything you got. I can feed the whole world through this church right here. I can feed the whole world through one person. But we lack. And we say, I don't have enough. And you're right, we don't unless we're yoked with Jesus. And we say, Lord, but there's too much need. And he says, you're right, but I've died for the whole world. Get on board. Let's go, church. Let's build. Let's go. Let's move. You don't have to clap. Don't clap her. I'll say it again. (laughs) I'm yoked with Jesus. You're yoked with Jesus. What do you lack, church? What do you lack, church? What can you do through Christ? You mean... A God can take my brokenness, my life of destruction, and when I offer him all I've got, he changes it, and he blesses those around us. What's wrong with your relationship right now? Give it to God. What's wrong with your house right now? Give it to God. What's wrong with your heart? Is it broke? Give it to God. There's nothing he cannot transform we got to give him the all. <laughs> I told a men's group this, that I have to tell my mind and my heart 
that I have to give God my that. And Kevin Ricky was like, well, what's that? And I said, because in my brain and in my heart, I think I'm giving God my all. And God says, okay, that's good, but I want that. The thing that I'm always holding back, my life is not a pie chart with this much sleep and this much to God and this much me and this much my kids and this much my wife. God says it's the whole thing. Ezekiel says he owns the souls of the Father and he owns the souls of the Son. He owns every cattle, every hill on a thousand. He owns the whole world. He owns it all. He owns you. What are you going to give to him? What he already owns. Oh, watch him work. Don't make that a t-shirt. He baptized me just doing him. Savior of the world. And I, I pray whatever your that is, I don't know it for each person, but I know we all have that. Give him that. Even if that is broken, a life of destruction. I've tried to fit in so many things to give my life over to that until I gave it to Jesus, it never, never worked. It never had a purpose. You think about the disciples completely depleted, served out, but jacked up. Lord, they, we're doing this, we're doing that. Give them something to eat. We got nothing. Let's go away and rest. You know what the rest was? Serving. Serving. And then can you, how many baskets did they take up after the whole meal? You see them all just sitting around eating. Oh, that was awesome. We got fish and chips. No, not chips. You know. They had no lack. God told them to come away and rest. They were starving. They sent them away. And they ended up each with their own basket. Their own. You know what's interesting at the end of Mark here? <laughs> They're just like me. Look at verse 52. They get the 5,000 bread. They're on the water. Jesus walks on the water. Jesus steps into the boat, calms the storm. Verse 52 says... And they did not understand about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. They still didn't get it. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. But do I expect him to do the impossible through me? Do you expect him to do something through you? There's a great need out there, church. Our Savior is saying, you give him something. You give him something. You give them something to eat. I've got nothing. But I got him. And when I've got him, I've got all things. We don't lack, church. We should be making it rain. Love, grace, 
and forgiveness. And not just to the world. I'm talking to each other. Our own house. Our own relationships. Our own spouse. So if you're going to be a disciple, you find yourself in one of these three groups. You're looking at the need or you're looking at the resources. I pray that you just give God your all. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your truth, that you take everything that we are, everything that we will be, and everything that we have been. Bring it under your lordship. Transform our hearts as we willfully yield everything we have, even, even the that. Forgive us where we've held back. Forgive, forgive us if we've stepped outside of that yoke with you. You have absolutely everything we need for life, for spirit, for peace. Let us remember how desperate we are without you. How desperate we are to be near you, to be in your presence for life. Lord, just to hand out love to our family. Help us, Lord. Nothing's impossible with you. Help us to believe in you. We love you. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. We thank you for your transformation. Lord, may we stand and may we worship and may we lay it all down. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing. And just so you know, there is a prayer team that will be down front. If you need prayer, grab one of them. The altar's open for anything you want to lay down. And you don't even have to come down. You can lay it down right where you are. Let's sing. Let's stand.